Welcome to the Movie Journey Podcast, where not only do we break down many films from the IMDb Top 250 list, but we also do a wide variety of other things, including drafts, top five lists, games, etc, etc, etc. As always, I'm joined by co-host Hendo. Hey, going, mate? Good, mate. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lot better than usual this week. You know why, Dean? No, I don't. Please enlighten me. Well, we finally got together and recorded face to face. Yes, we did. We did. We did that. Uh, what was that? Yesterday, didn't we? But no, we're we're back. We're back on the Zoom call here now. A day later. So obviously, I didn't make that good of an impression for you. No, nah, I didn't want to do this last night. I kicked you out of my house as soon as we were done. Already, we can do this another you've time. Already booted me out of your new crib. Yeah. Well, you've got a taste for it. I wait to see how long till you want to just come back. <laughs> No, but like I said, we did record face-to-face yesterday, and that was because it was Poppy Pod 45, and we have a very special guest on today. It is, of course, Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast, another top podcaster, awesome bloke. It's good to have him back for another battle. Yeah, it was, a, it was, it was great, and uh, I'm looking forward for you guys to hear it. Yeah, and you'll be hearing it right now, so let's get into it. Let's get ready to rumble! Right, Dean, it's time for Pod V Pod 45, where we have some of your favorite podcasters on for a battle of different movie games. And this week, he is a, a movie journey favorite around here. He's been on a couple of times. Uh, we had the devastating movie watching challenge a couple of years ago, which uh, we thought that was that was going to kill us. But then COVID came along. So uh, movie, yeah. movie watching challenge didn't uh, seem too bad after that. But no, he's back again. He's uh, no Wayne this week, but that doesn't matter. It's Paul from The Countdown. Welcome back to the show, mate. Thank you very much for the invite, gentlemen. And yes, we really got the years wrong on the on the movie watching challenge, didn't <laughs> yes. we? Yes. It's amazing <laughs> how many... Uh, itself well. Yeah, amazing how many people were doing the movie watching challenge this year. <laughs> <laughs> we were ahead of the curve. <laughs> we, we were trendsetters, man. That's what we were doing. Yeah, flying solo today. No Wayne. So that's probably good for li- listeners of a nervous disposition of your show and less good for people. People who just want to laugh at lots of um, bad humour and crude jokes and the like. Definitely. All right, mate. Uh, you know the drill. Let's get into it. We'll start off with our standard movie quiz. Pop quiz, asshole. Five questions, one point per correct guess. We always ask the first question here. So, Paul, here we go. And your first question here is in the category of one of your favourites, Disney. Uh, In fairness, this is a a pretty hard Disney question as well, I think, Endo. I will say this is probably the hardest question of the five. We'll just uh, let let it go there. Well, when Dean acknowledges something's hard and it's not directed at him, you know you've got no chance. But let's let's get it over (laughs) and done with. (laughs) All right. What are the names of Cinderella's stepsisters? Oh, jeez. I I just don't know. So um, let's go with uh, Sneezy. Wow. Happy. Bashful Doc. (laughs) (laughs) No, I got no idea. Uh, You're looking at uh, Anastasia and Drizella. Would never have got it in a giving chilling years, and that's with one small daughter in the house. So there you go. Ah, Paul, come on! You got you got to get those uh, those Disney movies uh, down pat. That is a very hard question. (laughs) I know. Very. You didn't even say. You didn't even say. Give me one of the names. Well, to be fair, even if you got Anastasia and then Miss Drizella. Well, it's funny because I have a very similar question, but it's a little bit further down the page. So, who's going first out of you two? Uh, I'll, I'll go first. You go I'll first. go first. All right, then. Um, what actor slash actress, if you need that disclaimer, has played roles in a Marvel movie, a Transformers movie, and a Mission Impossible movie? Okay. The Transformers movie, oh, I don't remember them that well, but there's there's less of them. But I know, I know the Mission Impossible ones really well, so... Which actor, actress? Uh, let's see. Going through, Ving Rhames wasn't in the MCU at any point. Philip Seymour Hoffman wasn't in there. Going along, uh, was Vanessa Kirby in the MCU at any point? Don't think so. Oh boy, what am I missing? This one, here? to be fair, is also not easy. So, uh, oh, Renner's in the MCU and Mission Impossible. Don't think he's in the Transformer films though. Jeez. Uh, Come on, let's see, Mission Impossible. That's, I really, that's what I've got to keep going on here. Uh, no, Henry Cavill's not the MCU. Is no, it's not uh, that person. <laughs> wow. Come on, mate. You can't just list how many. <laughs> the question isn't how many actors from uh, Mission Impossible can you name. That's what I've got to go with. Like, this, is, this, is, this is the question that requires thinking here. Well, you're uh, out then. <laughs> the MC- hey, I'm doing a good. Th- I'm doing a lot of thinking here. MCU, Mission Impossible, and Transformers. Man. This is 
It's going to be like uh, you know, cab driver number two from Transformers or something, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> uh, look, one more crack at this as I go through it. Let's go with uh, Simon Pegg. All right. Well, look, to be fair, tough question. It is a name actor or actress. It's Angela Bassett, who was obviously in Black Panther as the mum. She was the Alec Baldwin wannabe yeah. in Mission Impossible yep. Fallout. Yep. Yep. And she was the voice of Shatter in Bumblebee. Wow. I was even thinking of Bumblebee. Not that if I thought of Bumblebee, I would have got it. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. Pretty tough. That, that uh, good working through it. Uh, fair enough. I think we're uh, one for one on the super hard questions. Why don't we take it easy on yep. each other now, yeah, right? Yeah, let's, let's go easy here. All right, Paul. Uh, in the category of 80s, so you got no excuse... Which mm. 80s movie spawned six sequels and a TV series? Which 80s TV series? 80s movies, did you say? Yep. And a TV series. Okay. Uh, and I love the uh, subtle shade throw there. Old bastard with you. may as well start that the question. With. <laughs> um, my guess is Police Academy. That is correct. Very good, yeah. mate. All right. Well... <laughs> This is fairly funny then, because we seem to be on some very similar wavelengths. Are you ready for this one? Please don't give me an 80s question. (laughs) (laughs) I'll mix them around a little bit here, because there's one here I think Dan's got way more chance than you, and I won't give you that one now, all right? We'll go with this one. What was, uh, in the category of you just asked a question about this series, what (laughs) was the subtitle of Police Academy 6? I have never seen any piece (laughs) of Police Academy... What, what do I say there was? A movie, six sequels, and a TV series. I have not seen a second of this. Uh, You've not seen any Police Academy, not even not, the first one? Nah, shocking. Nah, nah. I oh, mean, is sh- it worth seeing at this point? Surely I've missed the boat. Yeah, I'd stop at one if I were you. Yeah. Just watch the first one. <laughs> um. All right. <laughs> uh, I was going to go with the uh, Robocop tagline, you know. <laughs> what are you doing? Part man, part robot. <laughs> All cop. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got no, you got no shot. Uh, well, uh, yeah, no, no idea, no idea. I think, I think it's uh, it's got something to do with Moscow, doesn't it? Ooh, very close. I think that was five. This one ah. is uh, City Under Siege. Oh God, <laughs> like Star Steven Seagal. And you thought I had a chance of getting that? Oh, I did. You're in for Especially a rude once awakening. you came up with Police Academy. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like, that's probably the only reason I even know that because I'm like, oh, there were six. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right, Paul, we're going up a decade here for you, for the 90s. All right. Which actor was one of the first who was approached to play Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story? Hmm. Jeez, it would be funny if it was Steven Seagal. (laughs) 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 Uh, No, I don't don't know my Toy Story trivia. I wish I did. Uh, I know who's going to play him in the upcoming movie, but that doesn't really count, does it? We'll have to have a... Let's just have to take a shot. Who's a bit... Tim Allen-esque Harrison Ford No It was a Another voice actor Who came along to, For another Pixar film Later on It was Billy Crystal Ah Okay yeah. Yep Could totally see that one too yep. Turned down the role Deeply deeply regretted it And then when he got the call For Monsters Inc He didn't even have to Hear the next line He's like I'm in Whatever you got I'm in Nice Well at least yeah. he learned his lesson Yeah Alright Let's get I gotta get a, I gotta get a point On the board here Alright Alright And here's one I reckon You might know This is I'm tailoring this one to you Alright What movie Did Meryl Streep Win her first Oscar for Sophie's Choice is that your final answer <laughs> <laughs> now I'm only going with what I, I didn't go off and do my research it says Kramer versus Kramer wow wow he even said it was tailored for you and you still couldn't get it right you thought it was that <laughs> no I would have said nah. Kramer versus Kramer <laughs> you would have gone the Iron Lady <laughs> oh shit really Kramer versus Kramer yeah I, yeah. I mean I'm People are probably furiously at home doing what I do sometimes listening to your show. I'm like, hang on, is that right? And Googling it now. So maybe I should do the same thing because you were so no, certain. That, I, I think you, that... You, I didn't, think, you didn't think you should have done that beforehand, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's well, right. Sure. I think that might be right. I, I think, mean, I came up with the questions. You didn't say I needed the answers for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it says Kramer versus Kramer. The, yeah, you double like checked off Meryl Kramer Street Wikipedia. Very late 70s, like 79, perhaps. Maybe it was, exactly. like 81. I think that, that might have been right. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Jump the gun too quickly. Shit house performance by me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of time left today. I'm sure there'll be a lot more shit coming <laughs> this end of the country. <laughs> All right, Paul, your next one. Go, Dean. All right. In the category of horror, that's horror, Paul, so there's no Ooh. excuses. All right. What was the first 
horror film nominated for a Best Picture Oscar? My instinct was a certain 70s film. I can say names before I say this is my answer, yeah? Sure. My instinct was The Exorcist. But I wonder if it was Rosemary's Baby. Obviously, Rosemary's Baby predates it, but did it get nominated? So hard to tell. I'll go with The Exorcist. Uh, that is incorrect. Is actually oh. the, the Silence of the Lambs. Oh, okay. So, Exorcist didn't get nominated. Nope. G'day listeners, Hendo here, coming to you after the fact here, just listening back over the Pod V Pod, and something didn't sit right with me, I don't think my research was on point, so did do a little bit more research after this question, and yes, indeed, The Exorcist was nominated for Best Picture, stupid me, my research was not on point on the day, which is pretty funny considering what Dean's going to be saying coming up, so keep that in mind as we head on, and let's get back to it. Right, well, uh, I had a question that was going to be in the category of Oscars and... uh... (laughs) But I don't know if I can ask that one now. Yeah, all right. Um, right. What's my next easiest one? <laughs> yeah, giving the super easy one to Dean because when he gets it wrong, he makes it. He looks more like a piece of shit. <laughs> okay. Which actor has been portrayed most on screen by other actors? Wow, that's an interesting question. Which actor? This is in the category of you guys do a movie journey podcast through the IMDb top two fifty. Well worded. Very, uh, very <laughs> distinct category. <laughs> I mean, this is uh, this is really tough. I mean, I'm I'm thinking like someone old. I'm I'm sort of thinking like someone really old, like a shit. I don't know, like a Cary Grant sort of actor. But like, I can't think of any movie where someone is playing Cary Grant. So I need to try and think of any movie where someone is playing another <laughs> real life actor. <laughs> Uh, tell me, tell me, why though is not the answer. Just to steer you clear of that one. Okay, God, I'm. Uh, hmm. All right, give me. I'll, I'll take. I, I, I know it's not right, but I'm not drawing anything better. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Judy Garland. Uh, I think it's either Ooh. Charlie Chaplin or Marilyn Monroe. Oh. You're dead on, Hendo. Yeah. It's yeah. Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Dean. Yep, that, yep. And I thought yep. that one because you guys have watched so many Charlie Chaplin films and I don't know how many more you've got to do. <laughs> so many. I hope that one wasn't too too out of left field that time. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a good question. Yeah, he just he's just a sheep bloke who just can't <laughs> get you know easy questions. I have no defense. <laughs> All right, Paul, you are still up one to nil. This is a stellar result <laughs> here between us. <laughs> All right, your last question here. If you get this one, you uh, you win this round automatically. I, I'm not holding my breath. In the category of movies about movies, in Martin Scorsese's The Aviator, which actress plays actress Ava Gardner? I've seen that movie once about 13 years ago. Wasn't my favourite. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I can't remember who stars in it with. Um, I, I could sit here and, and round names out and stretch out the recording so you have to do some clever editing just to make myself feel better. <laughs> But the reality is, I'm probably not going to get this. Uh, Marianne Cotillard. No, it's actually Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. At least it was the right hair colour. That's that's a win in my book. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, here we go. Then. So to, to tie it all up after the end of this, right? Yep. In the category of, this is the easiest question left on my list. <laughs> what film was the last sequel to win the Best Picture Award? Oh, the, the last sequel to win Best Picture Award. All right, so this, 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 this is a collab, so we can collab. have a quick discussion. Okay. I'm almost Godfather. certain it's Godfather Part Godfather 2. Part 2. Now, you um, just go through the rest of them. No, no. Wait, wait, wait. No, it's Return of the King. Oh, that's oh, that's good. Yeah. Do you count the third in a series as a sequel, Paul? I mean, it's definitely a sequel, the third. <sighs> well, the answer, the answer here doesn't t- count that. Can I put it that way? Okay, so I'm pretty right. sure it's Godfather Part 2. Was there anything else after that? Because uh, I would count that, actually, to be fair. I would, but that's not <laughs> the answer that was that was on the, the, qu- the trivia question. Is there, there's but, nothing I mean, else. Is, is this some random, you know, <laughs> site, you know, that's asking us, or is it Paul at the Countdown? Have some Paul ownership, at the Countdown mate. did research. <laughs> <laughs> after a few beers watching the cricket yesterday. <laughs> I, I think it's Part 2. There's nothing after that. Uh, I'm just going through them. Oh, is Silence of the Lambs a sequel to Mindhunter? Manhunter. Manhunter. Sorry, not Mindhunter. Uh, I'm like, this is, is it a direct sequel? I don't. I don't know. I don't. They'd count that as a sequel and not Return of the King. <laughs> Man. And I feel like he did reference Silence of the Lambs before, in as though he had a question about it as well. Really? 
He's nodding. He did. I picked up on that. Do you think he'd be nodding if we were like given the right answer here? <laughs> I feel like, yeah, he's a nice guy. Probably wants us to get a point. Feels bad for us, hopefully. <sighs> isn't, isn't Godfather Part 2 too easy? If that's the answer. But he just said this is the easiest question in the category. That's a good point, actually. <laughs> it, would, it wouldn't be the easiest question if it was Silence of the Lambs. We're overthinking this. Let's just go part two. And then and then, and then, then the, the listeners can just shit all over Paul when he says it's something else. Yeah, look, you know what? I'm just going to intervene. <laughs> <laughs> Not because of the threat for listeners shitting over me, because that's still to come, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> but uh, because, yeah, the questions have been pretty hard. And it was hilarious how on track we've been. Because I agree with you. I would say Return of the King is the correct answer because I didn't have it here, because I do think a third film is a sequel. It's Silence of the Lambs, so I'm giving you that one. Well, there you go. All right. Cool. Thank you for that. Thank you You're for your welcome. generosity. Yes, well Yeah, you've made you've made up for your Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we end up on a tie there. Epic. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy with that result. <laughs> yeah, one all. Woo. All right, let's get into our second game here, which is the list is an absolute good. The list is life. And what this game entails is both teams have three top 10, well, not even top 10 lists, just 10 movie lists, like lists of 10 movies that the other team have to guess what those 10 movies are on the list. Now, it is one point per correct guess of each movie, but once you get one wrong, that's over. The list is over. The points are done. All right, Paul, we asked you the first question in the first round, so you can ask us the first list and Dean can go first this time. All right, Dean. The category is most recent 10 films to break 1 billion at the global box office. Most recent. Okay. And just making sure. Oh, obviously, this year's out. <laughs> <laughs> the look on Hendo's face was, hilarious. It was worth its weight in gold. Yeah. I, I missed that. Is that wildly wrong? <laughs> uh, okay. So, what do we got? I'm just trying to think of bad Fast and Furious films. God, I'm so bad with years. Like, how recent was Hobbs and Shaw? I probably did well. Uh, let's go... Uh, let's go Endgame. Correct. One point. Thank okay. God you got that one. I was going to say, <laughs> you didn't say that first. Well, I, I, like you say last 10. I don't know if there's 50 or, or if there's 11, you know? <laughs> um, all right. Let's continue down that vein, I suppose. Go Infinity War. Incorrect. Uh, wow. Wow, 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 Spewing. All right. I'm going to go through them from most recent to the oldest of those. So Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker scraped over 1.07 billion. Frozen 2 with 1.23. Joker, 1.07 billion as well. The Lion King had 1.65 billion. Spider-Man Far From Home, 1.33 billion. Toy Story 4 had also 1.07 billion. Aladdin, I forgot to write it down. Which is in game 2.79 billion. Obviously, the, the most successful, took the most money in the world ever. Captain Marvel, 1.1 billion. And Aquaman was number 10 with 1.47 billion. And that was December 2018. Wow. I don't blame you for the Infinity War. Wow. I'm surprised. I was expecting a bake. No, no, you, you get off on this one. I mean, <laughs> not yet, Hendo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul, let's see if you can get more than one point here. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul, we're going to go with our first one here, which is the last 10 George Clooney films. Ah, okay. Midnight Sky. Correct. Hey, a point. Yeah, jeez. What else has Clue Clue, George Clue Clue, as Wayne calls him, done? This is so much harder, easier when I'm just... Driving in my car, just going bang, bang, <laughs> bang, bang, bang. <laughs> uh, Nothing wrong with just getting one point, Paul. <laughs> no, but there's a real chance here we're going to be tired after this, video, after this round as well. Oh, God. What else has he been in? I can, you know, mid 2000s Clooney, early to, to aughts Clooney, I reckon I could do all right in, but uh, most recent is a good one. I mean, so, they might be on there. Yeah, I reckon he's done more than 10 films since uh, 2010. <laughs> uh, and we're just talking feature films here, right? None of this sort of appearance as himself or... Not that I can think of anything off the top of my head where that is the case. 
funny you say that because in my research there was a lot of uh, like Nespresso commercials that have yeah, been yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I will not be accepting <laughs> okay that is fair Oh, God, why can't I think of a George Clooney drama, which is... Oh, no, he directed that, but he wasn't in it. Mm, I think he was in it. Okay, um, I'm going to have to go all the way back here to Ocean's 13. You know what, Paul? Uh, that was the same trajectory I went on when I answered this for Dean, and I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair. I've got nothing. Uh, I was going to say Suburbicon, but he directed that, but I don't think he's actually that, in oh, it. Oh, my so God, that's it, exactly what I did. <laughs> yeah. Well... Same wavelength there. No, no. All right, let's go back. Uh, so you had the Midnight Sky. Uh, and then we have to go back four years prior to Money Monster. Shit. Followed up oh, by Hail yeah, Caesar, Tomorrowland, yep. The Monuments Men, Gravity, mm-hmm. oh, The Descendants. God, <laughs> the Descendants, yep. I actually thought that one. You've got The Ides of March, The American, and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Gee, I might have only got two more, really. I don't I only feel bad about two of those. So, Okay. Yeah. Well, similar vein, same type of question, different actor. Most recent right. 10 Robert De Niro films, not including TV films. All right. The Irishman. Correct. What is the name of that film that just came out? Let's put a pin in that one. Uh, oh, I mean... <laughs> Tell you what, you will get a lot of value out of videoing these reactions of the two of you from side to side. <laughs> I mean, he's done a lot of shit recently. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I mean, let's. I mean, do we go back to was it 2016 when he did Dirty Grandpa? Is that even in here? I mean, I feel like it would be. He hasn't done ten films in four years. Uh, let's see what else would there be. In between. Yeah, it is called that, pretty sure. Yeah, Dirty Grandpa. Correct. Okay. Fine with me there. Now, he definitely done a film uh, that came out last year where he was a producer guy who's trying to get the, the famous actor killed for the insurance, but I forgot the name of that film. It's got Morgan Freeman and Tommy Lee Jones in it as well. But I'll go with the other one. I think it's uh, My War with Grandpa. I'll give it to you. The War with Grandpa, yep. Cool. All right, I'll take that. Now, what else? Come on, think, think, think. Good old De Niro. There's been no uh, Fokker films recently. Thank fuck. Only... <laughs> Thank fuck. <laughs> uh, let's see, 2016. We've gone back that far. What has he done? He wasn't in any MCU films, anything like that. Jeez, am I going further back from 2016? Oh, man, this game is so tough when you just don't have it in your face. Come on, come on. When you're not in the car. Yep. <laughs> or w- having a walk. <laughs> or in the shower. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> you flatter us, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I am so stumped. You're three times less stumped than Dean and I were, so you're doing well. <laughs> uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Incorrect. Ah. <sighs> Alright. Alright. So get the one Joker. you were come on. Oh Joker. Yes. Joker. <laughs> and the one you were so close you named all the actors in it, the comeback trail was the one that just okay. came out like two months ago. Yeah. Uh, then after that, or going way back, so he had a break like Clooney after two thousand nineteen and and back to two thousand sixteen where he had the comedian, Hands of Stone, which I don't think I've even heard of, Dirty Grandpa, mm-hmm. Joy. So you're in the oh, right God. vein there, just the different yeah. different film. Heist and the intern. Okay. Or from that 2015. I've, seen, I've seen The Intern and I've heard of The Comedian. The other ones, yeah. I didn't know Pretty you sure enjoyed I've seen Heist. It was, it was predictably garbage. <laughs> and if right, you haven't well seen I... The War with Grandpa, can I also say? Avoid. I was definitely going to avoid that. Yes. All right. Well, I bring us to a four to one lead here. Uh, but we have done two to Paul's one. So, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, next uh, 10 list for you, Paul. Uh, give me... The top 10 ranked letterboxed films for Samuel Jackson. Ooh. Okay, Pulp Fiction. Correct. Oh, thank God. The way you paused <laughs> dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we say, Paul, that we're also excluding documentaries? All right. Okay. I'm not sure what I would have gone with what Samuel Jackson has done other than that movie that just came out, Death to 2020 or whatever it's called. Um, uh, Django Unchained. Correct. Okay. Just go down the QT movies here. What else is he in? Hmm. Would that one make it? 
Mm-hmm. Think back a bit further here and just go with the, the easy stuff. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, okay. Are we talking? Are we talking the like you know extra credit features in in Marvel films? They count if they are in there. Yeah, yeah. any yes. film, any yes. film he's in. Yes. Okay, all right. Yes. So, the, gotcha. Yeah, these these do not need to be starring roles by any stretch. Okay. I mean, most of his films do have the and Samuel L. Jackson, don't they? Yeah. Look, I, I know I'm gutted, and this is not my answer, but I'm really disappointed. Deeply, so he won't be in there. Okay, this is going to go on record now. <laughs> uh, all right, Avengers Endgame. Correct. <laughs> God damn it. That is uh, that is number that is uh yeah, that's number ten. Ooh, snuck in there. Alright. Ooh, now you're making me pause about Infinity War. That is number nine. <laughs> okay. We should have kept the docos in because those two came in yeah. because we took the two docos yep. out. Yep. What were the docos out of interest? I am not your Negro and Jack Johnson's story about a boxer. Ooh, I've seen neither of those, so that would have completely stumped me. Okay. Hateful Eight? No. Ah, Thank God. No. That, I, think, I think that was number 12. So the ones you missed, the number one is Goodfellas. Oh, oh yeah, he's in for like two seconds. Yep. Yeah, but he... Yep, yep. Uh, do the Right Thing. Mm-hmm. Inglorious Bastards. Now, Hendo... Does he have a voiceover in Glorious I, I, For the life of me, I can't remember. I, was just looking, I can't like, remember him at all. What the yep. fuck is he in, in Glorious Bastards? Anyway, I think he must have a voiceover. Um, one of your favourites, Jurassic Park, mm. uh, yeah, The Incredibles, got that and Kill Bill Volume 2. But I also would have accepted The Whole Bloody Affair, which is there, but I took out. I don't remember uh, him in Kill Bill much either. So it goes he to show you a lot. Is He's the, the piano, piano player. player at the wedding. Oh, gosh. All right. Fair enough. Cool. All very interesting and close. So what's that make it? That's our five. Five-four, your way. Five-four. Yeah. All right, here we go then. This one should be fun. Now, I'm going right. to make sure I emphasize this very clearly. So it's the highest rated films of 2017 according to IMDb user ratings. Okay? So not most popular in terms of most seen, the score given by IMDb users. Okay. So this is a collab. So... It's the score given by the users. Now, you go, just go look at the 2017 films in the IMDb Top 250 list. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> Give me one sec. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I know for a fact that Coco is, I'm pretty sure, the number one 2017 film. Yep. So, Happy with let's that? Do, yeah, let's do that. Yep, correct. Excellent. Okay, now, I would have said your name, but I'm pretty sure that's classified as 2016 on IMDb. So let's not do yeah, that. Because we definitely had a big debate about it. Yeah. So I am almost certain that Blade Runner 2049 was in that list at one point and it got dropped out, but it's still a very high rating. Mm-hmm. So I think we should go with that. I'm by me. I, I'm, I'm terrible with you. Yeah. All right. Let's go Blade Runner 2049. Yep. That's also correct. All right. I'm liking where this is going. Okay. 2017. 2017 was... No, that was... Uh, Three billboards is 2018. Uh, now, now I'm stumped. Now I'm getting stumped. Let's go back on those 2017. What did we put high on 2017? Uh, I think Dunkirk dropped pretty low. But, oh, that was also in the top 250 when it, it, it came out. I don't think it would have dropped well, too far down. has to be in there when it comes out. <laughs> I mean, was Tenet? <laughs> <laughs> no. It wasn't. <laughs> Definitely not. Should have been. Uh, look, I... I I'm, I'm happy to go with Dunkirk because I know it was in that list. If you are confident that it was in 2017. Dunkirk was in 2017. my second favourite film that year. Then for sure. All right, let's do that. Correct. All right. Woody Woodpecker? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Very random. <laughs> what else has been... Oh, Get Out. Get Out has to be high. I know it wasn't... Oh, I don't remember if it was in the top 250 or not, but I mean, it's got to be high, doesn't it? What one best picture? For 2017, Shape of Water. That's mid-tier. Remember how we had the top 10 uh, lowest rated best picture winners? And that was on that. Jesus. Yeah, see, he, this is what I have to deal with, Paul. Like, he, he, oh, he, he, he can't even, he can't even remember last uh, week. That would, to be fair, I reckon that's a, that's a fair kind of stab. You know, what's, what's the bottom of the best picture that year? So, Look, I think Get Out has a good shot of being one of the top 10 highest rated on there. For sure. But, 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 let's just... Think about it. Let me think about it. Why? If Get Out is 2017, put it on. You watch. This is going to be the one. You you, you plan okay. your flag on. Lock it in. All right. Get out. Go on. Let's go get out. There's number 10. Well done. Oh. Never a doubt. <laughs> Never a doubt. 
Okay, what else was big that year? What are the big films? Uh, Wonder Woman, Logan, Logan, Logan. Oh, Logan. oh, Logan's on top two fifty. Logan's in the top two fifty. Yeah, there you go, Logan. Correct. Kick it All ass right. now. We want to roll. It's too easy, Paul. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> uh, what else is there? There's the Disaster Artist. I don't think that was on there. Hmm. Thor Ragnarok. I think Thor Ragnarok hovered around that bottom part of the two fifty for a, a smidge. That could be there. Uh, what else? Do you, do you know roughly what Get Out had as a rating? No, that was no, I don't. What other big films? Florida Project probably didn't, probably didn't get that high. It was a good year, wasn't it? Yeah. Ooh, compared to last year. <laughs> <laughs> Any year. <laughs> uh, do uh, War for the Planet of the Apes? Do you reckon that's up there? I was trying to think what my number one of that year yeah. was, and it was that. Is that up there? I don't see why not. I, I think Thor Ragnarok will, will be there before that, because I'm pretty sure Ragnarok was did make a little stint in the top 250. Okay. You want to give that a go? I mean, if you want to lose it all on Ragnarok. How much have I got right in this? Or you sit there <laughs> fucking twiddling your dick. <laughs> well, it's, it's there to be twiddled, Hendo. <laughs> all right, let's go Ragnarok. Okay. Do it. Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Wow. How many are left? Not many. I think you've got six now, right? Jeez, all right. This might be a record. I think it is, just quietly. <laughs> okay, I, I mean, if you, it's your favourite film of the year. Oh, I, I, I'm oh you're backing off now, are I, I, I think if, if Wonder Woman is 2017, I would take Wonder Woman over War for the Planet of the Apes. Do you reckon people have just gone and dropped their rating on that now that 1984's come out? What? Who are these people doing that? Who cares that much? <laughs> IMDb users. <laughs> Um, let me just go through some more. Any other Pixar films that year? No, Coco was the big one. Hmm, I think Good Time probably wasn't seen enough. <laughs> Good Time's great. It's a great time. It's a great Over time. Uh, all right, I can't think of any others. I'd rather Wonder Woman than Molly's Party Game. Mo- nah. nah. What about? All right. You- you take it. Yeah, you want to go Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman? Wonder Woman. All right, we'll take Wonder Woman. That's where you're going to end your run. No Wonder you're Woman such on the a list. Bastard Dean. Spewing. Was it War for the Planet of the Apes? Was that No, one? also not okay. there. So. Okay, okay, that's all right. Then. Uh, the four that you missed, <laughs> so very good effort. Stellar effort, in fact. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Wind Ooh. River, yeah. Baby Driver, and Star Wars The Last Jedi snuck in there at 9, also wow. with 7.7 out of 10. Interesting. I didn't. I didn't think Wind, Wind River because I was. I, I thought of Wind River, but I didn't even think to say it. I just didn't think it would be up there because yeah. that was in my top ten. Yeah, I, t- I, I agree. I, that was the biggest shock to me. But yeah, Baby Driver, man, should have got that. Should have got Baby Driver. Yeah. Jeez, you let us down. All right. What did we end up on here? Let me just uh, have a look at this. Only here. four, right? To tie. So as he's tallying, he's typing in this, the lowercase letter I instead of actually just like writing numbers. And now he's trying to count all these I's that are right next to each other on his phone. <laughs> At least I'm doing something here. I'm guessing all the answers right and putting them down. Uh, I count 10 here to your five. Was that correct? Uh, yeah, because we got six. Yeah, we got, were, don't forget yeah. the one I got. No, because we you got were, six then, and we yeah, were at you four were f- before. And you and wasn't I up by one five four? Yeah, so it was five four. We got six, so it's ten to five now. Yeah. So you need okay. five for yep. a tie, six for a win. Yep. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna need it. All right, last one here. Uh, give me all of the 1960s best picture winners. Oh. <laughs> 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 I think I was too easy on my question here. It's fair to say. <laughs> Jesus, I've got no fucking idea. Um, couldn't have, if Alex had 40s, I would have said, you know, Casablanca would have got one. I don't even know when that movie is. Nope. Well, you've won. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Is that 56, 59? Probably. It is not the 60s. There you go. Got no idea. None at all. Okay. All right. Let's, let's start at 1960. We have The Apartment. Yeah, okay. Then West Side Story. Never seen it. Wouldn't know. Lawrence Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, should have known that one. Bridge on the River Kwai. Tom Jones. Uh, Nah, River Kwai was 50s, I'm pretty sure. Ah, shit. Okay, there Uh, you go. Tom Jones, My Fair Lady. Surely one of your favourites, The Sound of Music. Still haven't seen it. A Man for All Seasons. I've never even heard of that. Uh, In the Heat of the Night. Yeah, I've heard of it. Still haven't seen it. Oliver and Midnight Cowboy. Wow. Well, that says a lot because uh, I think I've seen one of those films. That's The Apartment. So I guess I don't feel so bad. 
Oh, you should feel bad. <laughs> yeah, poor effort. Tough question. Uh, I should have gone. Should have stuck with harder questions in the first round. Damn it. All right. We're up one to a tie at the moment, heading into the final round, which is our movie draft. All right, Paul, what movie draft have we gone with this week? We've gone with Leonardo DiCaprio films. All right. Leo is a, you know, household favourite here. He's one of the greats. Yeah. Absolutely, no questions. All right, Paul, uh, do you want to go first or do you want us to go first? I think I'll go first. It'd probably be controversial, but this makes the second decision way easier for me, so I'm going straight to Inception. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it would have been a, a game loss, I think, if you did not. Yeah. Pretty clear number one. Good. Glad you guys All agree right. with something I did today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can go first. Uh, okay, I will take what I think is a clear number two in The Departed. Not not bad at all, sir. Okay. Nah, it's me, Paul. No, 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 no. Oh, oh yeah, sorry, horses. good. I'm glad. <laughs> Even better. Hopefully you'll take the other one, which I wasn't sure about. Come on, help me out here. Uh, see, I think this is probably probably the clear number three, I think, honestly. I'm, I'm going to go on The Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. Okay. I would not okay. have gone that. I'm going to go with... Am I? Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, a, a fairly recent turn from him, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ooh, okay. Number two. And now I'm going to go with my order here, though. Now I'm questioning it. I'm going to go with Catch Me If You Can with his third, with my third pick. Wow. wow. Interesting. All right. Catch Me If You Can. Dean? I mean, it's a good film. No, go your next pick. I don't, I don't care about your opinion on Catch Me If You Can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, shit. I mean, yeah, I've got to go The Revenant. All right. Interesting. I think, I think for me, the next one here... Yeah, it's, I think this one's pretty obvious. I'm going to go with uh, Django. Django! All right. All right. Uh, this hurts my brain to have to do this, but therefore, next up, because i got two now in a row, right, to finish up. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Okay, yep. so this one, not so bad. I'm going to go Shutter Island as my fourth pick, and then sadly and almost embarrassingly, Titanic for my last pick. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Dean, we've got our fifth pick. It's a collab. I know what you're going to go for straight away, and I'm probably going to shut it down immediately. But what, what do you what do you suggest? Uh, what would I suggest? Uh, da, 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 da. I mean, let's go a classic. Let's go child performance here. What about a bit of love for Gilbert Grape? Nah. <laughs> no. No. Why not? You're not what do you you're think not, is better? I honestly thought you were going to go Critters 3 when you went then, Dean. Or the Wink <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, one of your three. Oh, there's not many films left here. You want to throw out uh, Great Gatsby, Gangs of New no York, chance. Blood no. Diamond. Blood Diamond. Yeah, I think Blood Diamond's probably the only one I would consider. Otherwise, I think Gangs of New York. People don't think of Fonley. Nah. Uh, what about the Quick Gats- and the Dead? Nah. No. Oh, great <laughs> film. <laughs> yeah. So good. No. Nah. What about uh, the Man in the Iron Mask? Nah. Nah. No one likes that. Uh, uh, Gatsby. Okay. I'm surprised you even bring up Gatsby. Do people like Gatsby? I haven't seen it. I saw it cinemas, and it's it's <laughs> it's fine, enjoyable, but no one talks about Gatsby. Yeah, and considering it's such a you know famous story, I don't think it was. I blame uh, Baz. What, fair enough. What about those other uh, DiCaprio Oscar Beatty movies? What about like Revolutionary Road? What about Jay Edgar? Jay Edgar was terrible. Revolutionary Road wouldn't be bad. With the Aviator. I hate the Aviator. Got Cage uh, Beckinsale in it. <laughs> uh, no, I, th- I think. Do you think it? Do you think it's Blood Diamond? I mean, or? But, but I feel like mm. if someone sees Blood Diamond, I don't feel like there's anyone who will see Blood Diamond and go, "Oh, I got to have that team." Because they're not going to do it because it's got Gilbert Grape in it. Some people are very, very fond of Gilbert Grape. I don't know any of those people. One go higher, Gilbert. Higher. What? <laughs> 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 Does Blood Diamond have any comedic gold like that? Yeah, his accent. Which yeah, I'm not. exactly. Accent in it. Come on. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to pick here. I, I think whatever we pick isn't really going to have a big effect on our on our rest of our team. Honestly, what, what if we do go revolutionary road to you know combat the Titanic juggernaut? I don't think it's going to combat it very well. Yeah, it's probably fair. Yeah. I wonder. Hey, is if there we'll, any others we're missing? I wonder if we'll get a lot of comments like. Picking uh, Team One because they don't have Titanic. Like, yes. Could have been. Suck it. Well, be. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll actually let I'll let you take this one. If you want Gilbert Grape, you, you're more than welcome to have Gilbert Grape. 
Well, you've certainly done a backflip over there, haven't you, Hendo? Because <laughs> I don't think it's that important, honestly. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, definitely what's eating good would grow. All right. We're going to take that one. I've got two words and one simple for you. What would have combated the Titanic with Romeo plus Juliet? Dean? I mean, I love Romeo and Juliet. I'm I glad. defy you stars. <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't have to pick that and Titanic in the same list. <laughs> I'm going to cry nah, myself yeah. to sleep. I really feel like I'm alone in my love for Romeo and Juliet. So, no, nah, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't consider that. But Gilbert Graves, I think it has some followers. All right, Paul, let's take a look back at your list here. You have Inception, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Catch Me If You Can, Shutter Island, and Titanic. And we have The Departed, The Wolf of Wall Street, The Revenant, Django Unchained, and What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Now, as usual, this this draft, this poll will be over by the time we release the episode because it is a blind draft, as usual. We don't want to let those uh, those countdown favourites come in this time around. <laughs> well, actually, what, what happened last time we did a poll together? That's yeah. right. Yeah. On your I, home I, ground. Yeah, yeah well, I feel like we time, shouldn't bring that up. This time I'm not in Japan. <laughs> and Wayne's not just pressing accept to everything anymore. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. <laughs> I believe that's what's called a uh, coup. I found second and third cousins I never even knew existed. <laughs> no, it was actually it was it was really good because it gave me an opportunity. It gave me an opportunity to catch up with friends I hadn't spoken to since high school. <laughs> it was really good. You're a Henderson. <laughs> How about you join this group and vote for me? I'm a Henderson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is going to do it for today. Thank you very much, Paul, for coming on once again. It's Thanks been a so pleasure. Much, mate. Been a pleasure, boys. Thanks for the invite back. And uh, I'm sorry I couldn't get Wayne here. He couldn't have done any worse, let's face it. He might have actually known some 1960s films, so maybe, <laughs> regretfully, I, I'm missing him just a little bit. Uh, we'll get him on for another Pod V Pod sometime soon. But uh, for anyone who doesn't know where you, they can find your show, that's ridiculous. I mean, they should they should know this already, but where, where can they find The Countdown? I'll do the easy one that Wayne does. Search for The Countdown movie and TV reviews, and we are on just about every pod catch a thing, same as you guys, except, of course, Google Play, because Google Play doesn't let Australian podcasts do anything. Well, news to me. I don't even never even heard of a Google Play. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Paul, for coming back on, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Look after mate. yourselves. Stay safe. Cheers. All right. Before we continue, we just like to say this show is brought to you by our awesome patrons who've been supporting the show for over two years now. And man, those patrons are just absolute gems, aren't they, Dean? They are. They continue to amaze me each and every month with their patronage, Hendo. And just to add to that, I want to give a huge shout out to our newest patron, Brett Jackson. Glad to have you on board, mate. Yeah, thank you very much for joining the patronage, Brett. Hope you enjoy all the rewards and benefits you're getting now. We are in the middle where we are starting our Batman series, and it is a video series, Dean. We are trying something new here, testing the waters. Yes, now nah, we we're trying. Yeah, we want we want to branch out a bit, you know, hit up some of that sweet sweet YouTube uh, <laughs> views, and uh, yeah, so we're <laughs> we're sort of yeah we're se- we're testing, we're seeing how we're going here with our videos, but we are very excited uh, to have you all see our latest one on Batman Returns. Yes, we did put out Batman '89 a little while ago to get a feel for you know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, but this week we're bringing out Batman Returns, so. That's what the patrons are getting. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, we have many different rewards and benefits over there for as little as a dollar a month. Just head over to patreon.com slash themoviejourney. All right, mate, let's get to... Answer my question! The question, jerk! We asked you, in the spirit of Soul, which came out this month, which is what we're going to be talking about later on as well, what is your favorite voice performance? All right, let's take a look over on our Facebook Listen Discussion Group and our Patreon to see what these fine people have to say. From Dan at the Netflix and Swill podcast, in general, it's Brad Swale, Swali, in Death Note. In movies, probably Hamill as Joker because he's not doing his own voice. All right. Awesome patron Luke James Human says, if we're ruling out motion capture performance, which Shalto Copley for Chappie would win by a mile, nice call out there, then it has to be ScarJo for her. That's a good choice. Uh, Michael O'Neill says, Frank Welker plays Megatron in the Transformers films, including the animated one from 1986, and even does the lion's roars in The Lion King. Mm, seems like an all-rounder kind of bloke. Rob Manafield says, Tony J as Judge Frollo in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I have not seen The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't know if I have either. Uh, Luke Mahoney says, Nick Kroll. He's the voice of Rick the Hormone Monster on Big Mouth. <laughs> All right. Have you seen any Big Mouth? I think I watched like 10 minutes and turned it off. 
It's very explicit. Yeah. <laughs> Can't watch that around the kids. No. All right. Brother Shane says, it's Vader, and there is no second. <laughs> In that same line of thinking, uh, David Powell says, I presume you mean, what is the second best voice performance? There is only one goat, Vader. Fair enough. Again here, Nerd Revert says, James Earl Jones, if Darth Vader wasn't enough, there's also Mufasa. If we're saying not just movies, but as a whole, Jim Henson definitely deserves recognition, and Kevin Conroy as Batman is another top-tier performance as well. Kevin Brackett says, Mark Hamill's Joker is my number one. And lastly, we have Chris Williams, who says, Mark Hamill as Joker is a top choice for me, but an honourable mention goes to John DiMaggio, who voices Bender, Jake the Dog, and Joker in Under the Red Hood, among countless other credits. Very nice. All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for putting in a response. But Dean, why don't we do our top five voice performances? And as usual, we'll start with you. What is your number five? I'm going with Jeremy Irons as Scar. Ooh, Scar. It's a good choice. My number five is Scarlett Johansson in Her. Ah, not bad at all. Uh, my number four is Tom Hanks' Woody. Ah, Woody didn't make my list. Ooh. Uh, my number four is Mark Hamill as the Joker. Are you stunned that I have him on my list? A little bit. Uh, my number three is Scarlett Johansson in Her. Very good. All right, my number three is James L. Jones as Darth Vader. Nice. Nice. My number two is Kevin Conroy as Batman. Yep, there it is. <laughs> I was waiting for it. All right, my number two. You've already said it. It's Jeremy Irons as Scar. Really? Oh, yeah. Nice. I'm surprised. And my number one is James Earl Jones as Darth Vader. Well, my number one is, hasn't been mentioned yet, and I'm surprised it wasn't on your list, Robin Williams as the genie. Ah, yes. Honourable mention. Fair enough. All right, then. Well, of course, we've still got... DVD Challenge. Let the games begin. Challenge accepted. And it was my turn to draft first this week, Dean. And, of course, I went with my number one choice, Robin Williams as the genie. Yes, you did. Then I had two picks, and I went with James L. Jones as Vader, which I thought was a pretty good pick. And then I went with Tom Hanks as Woody. Yeah, and my fourth one here, definitely thought about a different, couple of different options and basically flipped the coin uh, with Mark Hamill as a Joker and Kevin Conroy as Batman. Did go with Kevin Conroy as Batman, to which Dean frothed over. Pretty shattered he didn't pick it himself. Ah, uh, I mean, I, st- I still would have picked Woody. That's not what you said when we started it. <laughs> In hindsight, I would still pick Woody. Oh, uh, yeah. Despite the score. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's look at the poll here. Both of our secondary choices here, Tom Hanks and Kevin Conroy, both got 16% for us. So it was down to the first two picks. And Robin Williams hits it with 36% to James Earl Jones of 32%. So I do scoop this one here with a little 4% win. So that's 2-0 heading into this second round of... Uh, Movies to choose. I still have to watch all the films you've given me first, as do you. I've only got one, don't I, in Chunking Express. Yes, and I've got Cats and Captain Phillips. Those two go very well together, apparently. Yes, yes. The good. The bad. All right, before we get into everything else we've been watching, uh, just a quick heads up, we won't be spoiling the films we're going to talk about, so if you haven't had a chance to see them yet, uh, you've been warned. No, you haven't been warned, because you don't need to be, because we won't be spoiling them. That's right, Dean. (laughs) Nice backpedalling there. All right, Dean, the month of December. It's a very busy period of the year, so we don't really have too many films to be speaking about this go-around. But uh, we did watch a couple of films, to, not together, but we, there's several films that we watched apart, but they're the same film, yeah. so we can discuss it. Yep. You know what I yeah, mean. I know what you mean. You, you know what I mean. And let's kick it off with the first one here, which is David Finch's Mank. 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 It's Orson Welles. Of course it is. I think it's time we talked. Mank, 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 Mank. Mank sucks. Uh, Mank doesn't suck. It's just no, it not that good. No, it, oh, I'm not going to say it sucks. It sucks. It's it's hard to watch. The plot is like it's hard to follow, and you don't actually realize that the movie doesn't feel like it ever really starts. Like it gets to like the halfway point, and I'm like, oh my god, this movie's halfway through, and the plot is so wishy washy. I think the pacing really hinders this film. The back and forth between the two timelines that that's what killed it for me here. I, I think obviously. 
It's very, it's a very good looking film. It's done meticulous. It's Fincher. He's technically, this film is very, very good, but it definitely falters in its, uh, basically the way it's told the, the character of Mank. I don't care for. No, not at all. I I really couldn't give two shits about Mank. I was really interested in the whole, oh, this is how Citizen Kane got made and, you know, really into that. But even then, a lot of stuff went over my head. There's a lot of, you know, big themes about uh, this um, election or something that's happening in the 30s that I've got no idea about and couldn't follow it properly. So good things going for it, but probably an equal amount of things not going for it. So I don't think it sucks, but it does get two and a half from me. Nah, it sucks. Uh, and I didn't think the performances were that great either. Uh, people got, I've heard like very high things about Amanda Seyfried, whom I, I actually really like. She was fine in this, so she didn't blow me away at all. Uh, it's just, it's too hard to follow. And Mank, as you said, he's just such an unlikable character. Uh, I give it one and a half. One and a half. Wow. Is this the worst Fincher film or does Alien 3 still take the cake? I mean, as you say, this is this would be better made. Uh, which would I rather watch again? I'd probably rather watch this again because we obviously are breaking down Citizen Kane next week and maybe there's more to it once I watch that film. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's a tough watch. All right. Well, then I got to watching Crip Camp, A Disability Revolution. Now, this is a documentary on Netflix that has been getting a lot of good positive reviews. It is about a revolution that blossomed at a ramshackle summer camp for teenagers with disabilities that transforms their lives and igniting a landmark movement. Now, this was about the, I guess, the disability movement that happened, I think it was in the 60s, where, you know, they basically fought for their own rights. And this is where you get uh, wheelchair access and more, more things being accessible to disabled people. And this is this is it more this is informative. This is a very informative documentary. I think the people in this documentary who are being interviewed are actually very intriguing and very engaging to watch. The story is pretty good and it kept me involved from beginning to end. So this gets three stars from me. Fair enough. Sounds different. So going from the sixties all the way to twenty twenty, I watched a documentary called Totally Under Control. You heard of this one, Dean? No. It is an in-depth look at how the United States government handled the response to the COVID-19 outbreak during the early months of the pandemic. Oh, my God. COVID movies. Did you see there's going to be one coming out with Anne Hathaway about a couple who try and rob a jewellery store in the COVID pandemic? I did not. Have you heard of a movie that came out just recently? I think it's called Songbird. Yeah, I've heard of it. Uh, Alexandra Daddario. Is that that one? I don't think it is. I think it is. All right. Yeah, I heard it's about set like uh, in four four years, like you know, like maybe five years time, yeah. where COVID is like the norm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this documentary, I mean, it's yeah. It, there's a lot of information about how America balls it all up, and you know how Trump kind of ignored everything and this and that. But the problem is, COVID is still such an up to date thing, and things are changing constantly all the time. That by the time I watched this, a lot of this had changed anyway. And I was like, okay, I, I'm not. This is not really breaking news, and it's not really uh, up-to-date, informative news right now. So that's the problem with any type, any of these types of movies is it's just going to be changing consistently. Yeah, you probably need to make a documentary about COVID when COVID is well and truly in the rearview mirror, so you have a whole picture of it. Making a documentary about yeah. something when it's like it might be, you know, eight months into a, a two-year story or eight months into a five-year story. Like, it's just, it, as you say, it's going to be so outdated so quickly. And it's incredibly political because obviously they're, they're going with, hey, look how look how bad Trump did during the whole COVID outbreak. He didn't do anything. You know, he look how terrible he is. Maybe you shouldn't vote for him. But that's, I watched this after the election and like, okay, I know, I know he's a, I know he's a dickhead. I know he did the wrong thing. It's not, you're not giving me any more information. So two stars for Totally Under Control. Fair enough. I kept going on a little documentary binge here. I watched Boys State. Have you heard of this? No. It is a documentary about a about a thousand roughly seventeen year old boys who joined together to build a representative government from the ground up. Now this is obviously it's another American political film, but it's a it's a kind of like a like a university that gets all these kids together and it's like a fake Republican Party. Why like they, do you do they, this to yourself? I'm intrigued. I, want, I heard good things about these are the big documentaries of the year, and I wanted to watch them to see if they were any good. This documentary is good. It's very interesting to see how a lot of these young kids who are very into politics and government, how they classify themselves and their personas when they are trying to essentially win this fake election. Like, there's nothing at stake for these these kids. Like, once the election, once this whole 
it's like a camp. Once this whole thing is done and the election's done, they move on with their lives and they go back home. There's no consequences for this. But what some of these kids do to gain the power in these fake elections and the, the sabotaging they do in that, it just it's it's very intriguing to see what paths even kids like this would take. Like there's a lot of pro gun control, anti abortion talk from these kids who are just like they haven't even lived yet. It's like Jesus, like they're they're being manipulated already for you know all their opinions, and you just see like this is where a lot of politicians start from already at a young age. It was quite interesting to watch, uh, even though a lot of the political talk did go over my head. You know, I don't know too much about it, but what the characters that were the, the the people in this film, a lot of them were very intriguing to watch. Uh, three stars for Boy State. Sounds super boring. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna watch it. You're not gonna watch anything. You don't watch anything. I watch some some things. I watch. There are high-rated films from 2020 that I've told you to watch and you still have yet to get off your couch. I mean, you'd be on your couch to watch the movie. You can't even watch a movie on your couch. I've been busy, man. I've been really busy. You've been busy watching Sound of Metal. Yeah, I have. Sound of Metal. Yeah, me too. Yeah, this film is... I mean, I heard very good things about it going in. It's about a heavy metal drummer who starts to lose his hearing. And yes, it's not what I expected at all. That first scene really uh, takes you on a journey. It does. I was expecting a movie that was like heavily about heavy metal mu- music, and it's not at all. Uh, this movie is not about the sound of metal music. I'll give you a heads up. Uh, <laughs> it's Yeah, this film was very, very engaging. It's original. The performances from Riz Ahmed and Olivia Cook, are, they're so touching. Like, it's so... Oh, I, did, I didn't even realise it was Olivia Cook until halfway through the movie. Okay. Yeah, no. She's... I mean, I guess that's a credit to her. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is... You know, it's about people. It's about relationships and how people deal with, uh, you know... Big changes in their yeah. life. How you how you yeah. deal and adapt with things that just come out of the blue, especially considering, you know, his passions and his you know his life. It's just completely gone now. And watching him, watching Riz Ahmed, you know, put in a pretty solid acting performance. I mean, it's really good. The use of sound, the sound in this film, like it's unbelievable. Nah, the sound the sound is amazing in this film. Uh, I was a very very big fan of it. Uh, I'm going four stars for Sound of Metal. Yeah, me too. Four stars for The Sound of Metal. Yeah, I also watched the latest Liam Neeson is old, but he's in an action film film called Honest Thief. <laughs> and oh boy, you know, I I enjoyed this. Uh, you know, is it is it the best story? Probably not. You know, it's this guy who's a a bank robber, but he's a you know he's a good he's man. An at honest heart. bank robber. He's honest. Yep. He's the Robin Hood. Yep. He's the Robin Hood of thieves. And he meets a, a woman played by Kate Walsh, who I know from Grey's Anatomy. And of course you do. he decides to try and change his life. And what happens is lots of, you know, awkward running and gunfights and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> you know what? I, I knew what I was getting into when I watched it. And it gave me what I wanted. Three stars. It's it's fine. It's not one of the better ones. It's not terrible. It's fine. Three stars. What are the better Liam Neeson action films besides Taken? The one on the train. I like that one. The one on the train? That one's awful. Which one was that? The Commuter. Oh, I like The Commuter. No, I don't think you did. Maybe I didn't. What about uh, there's Unknown? Non-stop? There's non-stop. Is that the aeroplane one, yeah. non-stop? That was good. Unknown. I don't uh, even know if I've seen Cold Unknown. Pursuit? Pretty sure he did Cold Pursuit. That wasn't that good. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. It's it's good. Listen, just stop watching your highbrow docos about American politics. <laughs> Put on The Honest <laughs> Thief and just have a nice time. Have a nice evening. I've got so many movies to watch coming up in January. I don't think I'm going to have time for Honest Thief. Well, you're missing out on a very... Slightly better than average film, Hendo. <laughs> All right, Dean, what do you reckon? You want to talk about Soul? What's the alternative? That's it. Okay, <laughs> then yes, let's do it. Let's talk about Soul. Today started out as the best day of my life. Back here tonight, first show's at seven. Yes! Woohoo! You know what that's going to say? Joe Gardner. <laughs> I did it. I got the gig. All right, the latest Pixar film. What did you think of it? Okay. The pros of Soul, it's original and it feels like a Pixar film in the way that it plays with, I guess, reality. But there's something about it that just doesn't quite land for me. And I don't even know how to say it. I mean, I would describe it as it just doesn't have the magic of 
you know, the the top tier super original Pixar films like like an Inside Out, like a Wall-E, it just doesn't have that that spark for me. Uh, I I knew almost nothing going in. Like literally, I thought it was only about jazz. I did like where it went. I really did. It was fun. The kids liked it. You know, it didn't it didn't hit me in the feels at all. And I feel like it really did try. It tried to get you to be emotionally invested in these characters and. I just, I just didn't feel it, I've got to be honest. Uh, yeah, it looks great. You know, it's a Pixar film. It looks great. What do you think of it, Hendo? I mean, I agree 100% with you. This is a fine Pixar film. It's not top tier. It's not bottom tier. There's enough good stuff in this film. I feel like where it takes the story, probably about halfway through the film, I, I didn't get into as much as I thought I was going. Like, the first half was really good. I was getting invested. Then where it goes, I sort of sort of drifted away from it like ah you've you've sort of lost my interest the the message that the story has i think is good and it's uh meaningful but i think there was points where i was beginning to tune out and i mean i mean the way i'm saying it, it it's like it's a negative film i still enjoyed it i watched it with the family they enjoyed it a lot they were having a laugh at you know a lot of the comedic points in the movie yeah mid-tier pixar three and a half stars yeah i'm right there with you three and a half stars for soul all right, and with every month of what else we've been watching, I get one of our favourite podcasters to pick one of their favourite films for me to watch. And this month, we've got Mr. Nicholas Haskins from Nikolai's Kitchen. And he's got this to say about his favourite film. Hello, Hendo. Hello, Dean. It's Nick from Nikolai's Kitchen. I hope you guys are doing absolutely amazing down under and having an absolutely amazing start to your 2021. Hendo, you reached out to me to talk about About Schmidt, which is my favorite film of all time, which always seems to throw people for a little bit of a curve. Whenever I, uh, you know, people that list like favorite films are like, oh, Back to the Future or Die Hard or, you know, you name any kind of classic. But this, you know, out of the way, like kind of quirky character drama from 2001 from Alexander Payne. Really? But there's a there's a specific reason why this film is is my favorite film of all time and it's 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 generally speaking the main kind of thematic arc that Warren Schmidt goes through in the film is trying to find a purpose is trying to find you know what is his purpose in life does anyone remember him is his life important has his life mattered to anyone and as a person specifically, and I actually, back when I was on Epic Film Guys, I did a, a, a Patreon-only episode of this with Paul that should still be over there if you're a patron of Epic Film Guys, but it, it, it's about whether your life has mattered to anyone. What has your life ever meant to anyone, or what has it mattered to anyone? Have you had any kind of impact on anyone? You know, and, and the film ends very specifically, and spoilers for a 20-year-old film at this point, but... The film ends with Warren positing that he's never, ever had an impact on anyone's life and that when he dies and everyone that knows him has died too, it'll be as though he had never existed. And, you know, what kind of difference has he made to anyone? None. None at all. And then he's proven in, you know, the very final moments of the film to be wrong that he has definitely had an impact on the child that he has sponsored through this, uh, you know, program to sponsor an African child. And you know this film, it's 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 a just a it's just a quirky character drama. It's not like it's the most like sharply made film of, of all time or anything, but it's my favorite film of all time because it speaks to me. Because this film, more than anything else that I could ever say, or more than any other film that I've ever seen, this film is me. Like whenever I do anything, or whenever I try to be anything in life. Like, if you ever want to know anything about me as a person, this movie is me as a person. All I want and all I strive to do, whether it's through live stream for the cure or any of the other things that I try to do, I just want to know that I made a difference in life, that I, I just want to try to make some kind of a difference in life. I just want to try to like do something meaningful with my life. And I really, really feel like that's Warren. Like when you see those boxes, like all of his stuff, just in the recycling, in the garbage, like his whole year, his whole career with the Woodman at the world insurance company, his whole career is just in the garbage when he retires. That terrifies me. I want to know that I have made some kind of difference, that I have made some kind of mark, that I have left some kind of imprint on the world. And I really resonate with Warren's character. And, and I mean, like I said, it's not the perfect film, but it speaks to me. 
this film is me. It is my soul. So I hope that you loved it, Hendo. I don't know your reaction to it just yet. Dean, Hendo, you guys know I absolutely love you. And uh, I will see you guys very, very soon for live stream for The Cure 5. Peace. Yeah, so I watched About Schmidt this month, Dean. Have you seen About Schmidt? No, I have not. Do you know anything about it? I mean, obvious joke, it's About Schmidt. Uh, It's got Kathy Bates in it and Jack Nicholson, and he's old and probably grumpy, let's be honest. Directed by Alexander Payne, who did Sideways. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's about a recently retired man who embarks on a journey to his estranged daughter's wedding, only to discover more about himself and life than he ever expected. And this is this is a good film. This is a this is a good film. I enjoyed this a lot. I think Jack Nicholson's performance is top notch. When he, he this is like a, I got a lot of uh, as good as it gets vibes. Like with his performance here, I thought he did very well. Kathy Bates in the supporting role is pretty good as well. The the story and the journey that Schmidt takes here is the highlight of this film. Uh, a lot of reflection, a lot about finding your purpose in life, and I really dug that. And there were certain points when I was considering, like I was thinking about that too. Like, what you know, where am I? Where is my story going? What what is the purpose of me? And a lot of that does have to do with Nicholson's performance. I think the ending is just top notch. A really great ending. And there's a lot of com- there's a lot of comedy in this film too. Like I found po- I found points of this film where I was bursting out laughing. I really really enjoyed about Schmidt. Thank you very much, Nick, for picking this. I give this four stars. Nice. And that's going to do it for this Pod V Pod. This what else I've been watching this December wrap up. It is the New Year, Dean. I cannot believe we haven't said Happy New Year to each other yet. I mean, we did at twelve oh one on New Year's yeah, Day. We, yeah, we kind of did when we were together at New Year's. Yeah. Yeah, watching the fireworks go off. Yeah, yeah, that was good. It was good times. All right, but for next week, it's your pick, Dean, and you've gone with a big banger here, Citizen Kane. What a way to kick off 2021. Yeah, let's go a classic. Let's see if, uh, you know, we can get more out of Mank from watching Citizen Kane. If Citizen Kane is, is like like an absolute five-star gem for you, are you going to go back and watch Mank? One day. One day I will. If it's five stars, <laughs> then one day I will rewatch Mank. You know what? Fuck it. If it is five stars, I'll rewatch Mank before we record the Citizen Kane one. Wow, that's a big call. I'll wait to see what uh, your letterbox log looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it is five stars, I'll probably run out of time and just say four and a half. <laughs> yeah, you, can't, you can't watch Mank when you finish Citizen Kane about an hour before we start recording. <laughs> uh, big shout out to Paul. Big thank you to Paul for coming on and giving us another good battle. Yeah, thanks, Paul. All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for checking out this episode. And we'll see you next week for Citizen Kane. Bye. Bye.